You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud face said that I must eat this pie? This podcast is brought to you by the history of the known world as told by Lord Peter Baelish, a delightful new audiobook read to you in the many variations of his accent. Everyone knows Littlefinger gets to tell all of the stories, even those that aren't his to tell. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 32, Sons of the Harpy. I'm Jenny. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jess. Alright, so this week, um, we are, two of us are a little under the weather, so we apologize if there's coughing or sneezing, um, or complaining of earaches. Uh, but Jess is healthy, so yay for her. I'm like Daenerys Targaryen. I don't get the grayscale. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's grayscale cast. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so for our getting to know us section, um, Rachel, do you want to talk about the, the Philly Ren Fair again? Sure. So just to remind everyone, on the May 16th, we will be at the Philly Ren Fair, which is a new Ren Fair in Philadelphia. You can check it out at phillyrenfair.com. Uh, we're going to be there for the whole day, and what we're really looking forward to is kind of hanging out with Half Thor Bjornsson, who plays uh, the latest iteration of the mountain. Uh, and, you know, we're just going to, like, eat turkey legs and drink beer. It'll be good. Yay. Yeah. Um, so also this week, yesterday was uh, May the 4th, um, and we went to Star Wars Trivia. And it was not as shameful as the Princess Bride trivia. <laughs> Yay for us. Although Yay I did us. nothing to contribute except sit there with a glass of ice water on my ear and complain. But it Rachel was, really, was helpful. It was really hot in there. I couldn't even finish my beer. It was so hot in that basement. I was feeling like like kind of pass outy. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. But you know, well, yeah, it was good. I was shocked that we came that we were we we came in second. That's I just didn't think we did well enough for that. We tied for second. Yeah. Very impressive. A little weird that there was no second place prize. I Well, I apologize. Uh, the reason that we came in second and that we didn't tie for first, at least, was because I mixed up uh, Admiral Piet and Captain Nita shamefully. Uh, and you didn't listen to Lauren. And I didn't listen to Lauren. On yeah. that one time she was giving a, a real answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I blame the heat. It's quite possible. That was the thing affecting us. Yeah, I just find it amusing that it's always second place. I know, right? It's of like course. no matter what the trivia. <laughs> well, we don't talk about Princess Bride trivia, but yeah. I wasn't surprised you guys came came in second place, Rachel. You're you're a diehard over there, and Jenny, you know, you're 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 just showing support. <laughs> hey, I do have to say there was another team that was called. I'm just here for support, and the girl's name was Jen. So it was very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was like, I don't know what the first girl's name was. Yeah. I call her Sally. It was like, Sally, you're on your own. I'm just here for support. Love, Jen, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's me. It's me. And I also don't feel that bad because the team that beat us was a, a team of girls. So if we had to lose. And she did raise her hand for... The who's seen the movie the most time, movies the most times so yeah that makes sense <laughs> so uh, all right 
Moving into this week's episode, Sons of the Harpy, or Daughters of the Harpy, as Rachel would prefer. Yes, Daughters of the Harpy. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> or though maybe you don't want to be associated with them because, you know, they're doing bad things. But, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to give our Frey Pie ratings. Um, Rachel, would you like to go first? I know you have some opinions. Oh, man. I feel there are two. Okay. So let me just preface this with that I am doing my utmost best to try to watch the show as if I have never read the books. Um, mm-hmm. It's going poorly, but I am trying. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, so I did not feel, I have to say, I, I, I wasn't bored watching the episode, but when I go back to kind of examine what was happening, I found the the episode kind of underwhelming. Um, it was kind of like a reactionary episode for me, and uh, like I didn't feel like anybody's motivations made sense. They just kind of did whatever was the most shocking uh, and because of that, I felt like it wasn't the best writing. So I'm giving it a Simon. This was a new writer. Well, who who was who the writer? Um, I don't know his name. This is bad. Uh, Dave something. Oh, no. All right, Dave. <laughs> I should look that up. But first uh, impressions, Dave. Read a book. <laughs> throws the book at his head. <laughs> So yes, I'm giving it assignment. I know that there are certain people in our group that will disagree with me um, and say that I'm not being fair, uh, but I'm giving it a, a motherfucking assignment. Jess? Um, I have actually, I'm going to give it a, a low Jared. I have a lot of the same issues that Rachel has with it in terms of like people's motivations not making sense. I think it's the weakest episode of season five and I'm not sure if it's because I didn't watch it live that I have like kind of other people's reactions in my head as I was watching it, that could be a possibility. But I think overall, the good way uh, outweighs the bad. And this episode brought a lot of people to Team Dragonstone. I had a number <laughs> of coworkers come up to me and say, man, that's Stannis guy. And I'm like, I know, right? Now you know what I've been saying for five years of my life. So I can't rank an episode that brings people into you know, the Lord of Lights, you know, <laughs> in his shining brightness. But, you know, not I can't rank that as Simon. So I'm going to give it a, a low Jared or a middle Jared um, for a lot of the issues that um, I think Rachel has as well. All right. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a Jared. I mean, but definitely not with any ice cream or, or Rhaegar sprinkles or anything. I mean... Rhaegar sprinkles. <laughs> There's so much Rhaegar in this episode, you think? That's true. Okay, Rhaegar sprinkles for Rhaegar, but nothing else. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I think it works perfectly well as an episode of television. I think I, it was, you know, I was not bored watching it. I think, um, I mean, I have a lot of the same issues that you guys do, obviously. Um, I'm sure our Nerd Rage section will be quite lengthy. Uh, but I mean, I think it worked fine as a TV show. I mean, the co-workers that I talked to today were all, you know, excited about it. Um, so, Jared. Um, before we move on, uh, somebody sent me an ask on my Tumblr. There was, like, a tweet that somebody had posted, and they said the Sons of the Harpy is basically a.k.a. Jon Snow, because Rhaegar had his harp, so it's, like, Sons of the Harpy. <laughs> oh, God. So, I was like... 
I didn't even think of that. Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. a really good pun. Right? <laughs> and I was like, why didn't we think of that? Man, people are better than us. That's I new, know. That's our new crest. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So moving into our new section of awards. Um, our, we are giving the episode MVP to Barristan, just, you know, because he's Barristan. Right? Barristan the Bold. Barristan the Bold. Rachel called him Barry. I call him Barry. (laughs) Good old Barry. Good old Barry. I love that. Sorry. (laughs) Rachel, do you want to talk about your love for Barristan the Bold? I, all right. Well, if you go back and listen to uh, the, which episode did we cover, Barry? It was the second half of the uh, The, Targaryen Targaryen Kings podcast. Yeah. So go go to the second half of the Targaryen Kings and we, we... we talk at length about how much we love Barristan the Bold and how amazing he is. And yes, he's older now, uh, but he's still really super awesome. And I actually just reread all of Danny's chapters in, um, in Dance Today on the train. And he's just like, he's always there. He, he gives her, you know, honest advice. Maybe not the best advice, but he gives her honest advice. And he has no, he has no pull on her like he he doesn't want anything from her except to serve her and for her to be the best that she can be and she's the connection uh, he's the connection that Danny needs to the good parts of her family history so I just I really like him and he's special I'm, I'm gonna miss him I'm sure he could still scale walls with his bare hands yeah damn it <laughs> <laughs> he could have scaled the walls of that alleyway to escape right he should have just been like fucking Peter Parker in there just Flipping around, sticking to people. Come on, D and D. Well, D and D didn't write this. One. I know. I don't know what the guy's name is. You I know what the saddest part him. about it was, and I posted it to the Fire and Lunch blog. Ian's. Um, oh yeah, that was so sad. I know. He was so looking forward to. He's like, I get point of view chapters, and then I look at the call list, and I realize I'm only like on the call list for like one week and I'm like this is the most heartbreaking thing I know if there ever was a heartbreaking thing and the thing is they sent him his call list before they let him know that he was being killed off like that's I know, shitty that's sh- that is shitty it's Dave Hill by the way Dave so it's Hill D and D and D and Brian and Brian People were attacking Brian on uh, on Twitter all like for the last twenty four hours, and I'm kind of like you guys, leave him alone. He didn't Does that shock it. you? <laughs> didn't he leave Twitter? Did he Not, leave Twitter again? No, no. He's oh. still no, posting. I mean he left. I thought I didn't know he was back on. Oh Twitter. yeah, no, yeah, he's, he's posting about Gwendolyn Christie and uh, her Star Wars costume. Yeah, and oh. and Bex is always drunkenly tweeting at him. Yes, that too. <laughs> so this means Joss is eventually going to be back. Probably. (laughs) Just Sweden. (laughs) Leaving Twitter. (laughs) All right. So moving on to Grayscale Watch. Replacing Ollie Watch this week because he wasn't there. Um, We learned that Shireen got Grayscale because of a doll. (laughs) Which in our notes we decided was exactly like the Velveteen Rabbit. (laughs) Of course. So now I'm thinking of that poor crappy doll and it's love. For the girl and how it wanted to be real. It's roaming around the shores of Dragonstone right now. <laughs> All I'm thinking of, like, those poisonous um, toys from China that have, like, lead in them. <laughs> it's like smallpox blankets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's the Velveteen Rabbit and smallpox blankets. <laughs> Was it on purpose? Was it on accident? 
You know that, like, in the Cards Against Humanity Game of Thrones version, smallpox blankets equals grayscale doll. The card. <laughs> the card. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, like, a sad story. Yeah, but... so... More evidence that grayscale is going to be a thing later. But what's also... What the saddest part of that story was that... So this, like, crappy Dornish trader rolls up and he has, like, junk to sell and this really shitty doll. But everything's so shitty on Dragonstone that Stannis <laughs> is like, sure, I'll get that doll. She doesn't have anything better than that, so... But they bothered to put the house colors on it and everything. <laughs> Which is why I think it was on purpose. Effort. You're probably right. <laughs> Take out... Take out Stannis's daughter. I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but <laughs> no, maybe good... he thought that Stannis would like you know get it instead. Yeah, he'd be playing with the doll because he does that. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, he does have all those little toys on his uh, on his map. I was gonna say he would take it and like you know have it lured over the painted table. <laughs> you this know is... that bothered me in that scene when Shireen picked up. I forget which sigil it was. It was the Bolton one. And she didn't put it back where she got it. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm surprised he's not getting angry. Like, these, this is my war plans. Right? You know now that when she left... poorly because Shireen moved that thing. You know that when she left the room, he was like, I have to put this back where it, where it belongs. Where was it? It was, it was two centimeters to the left. Okay. All right. I'm good. I can leave the room now. <laughs> <laughs> or if he makes a bad call in the fight to take Winterfell, we're going to know that it was Shireen's fault. That's true. God damn it, Shireen. <laughs> All right. Um, our favorite fan shout out was far and away the attorney at Harrenhal mentioned and the Winter Roses because, well, I was tweeting in all caps. Katie was tweeting in all caps. Megan was just running around her apartment screaming, apparently. <laughs> um, I was sleeping. You <laughs> just sleeping. was sleeping. And I was sitting on my couch like, yes. Yes, okay, great. Thank you for this information. <laughs> but, uh, of course, Littlefinger told the story because he tells all stories. It would have been nice if they had just given, like, a random Winterfell person, like, would have, like, found her down there and, like, told her the story. I, but I guess they had to also talk about, they had to segue into, you know, the, the sex talk, so. Right. Give it to Littlefinger. <clears throat> But yeah, it's a little upsetting that Littlefinger gets to tell all of these stories. When Ned wasn't going to tell them. You know, what if what if Littlefinger isn't really there? Like, what if he is... <laughs> He's a figment of everybody's yes, imagination. Yes, what if he is, like, like a figment? And every, like a hologram? Like a mass, yeah, like a mass delusion. Okay, so Littlefinger <laughs> is a figment of everyone's imagination, and Varys is a merman. This is great. <laughs> The merman versus the figment. It would ex- well, it would explain how he gets everywhere yeah. so quickly. I'm totally expecting him to be back in King's Landing, like, next episode. Oh, yeah, Probably. Totally. At least the one after that, but that would make more sense. But that portal at Mount Kaelin is really powerful. Yeah, and, and I, it explained how he knows everything and how he gets everywhere and why no one has killed him yet. Because <laughs> he can't die. Because he can't die. He's a figment. Oh, that's terrible. Um, so our favorite one-liner this week, uh, I know Lauren put the, you are my princess, you are the princess Shireen of House Baratheon and you are my daughter. So yay, Stannis, nice moment. And that was the one, one part of the episode that you actually liked, Rachel, right? Yes. I loved that scene. It was so good. Cause I thought for a second 
that they were going to like mischaracterize Stannis and he was going to say something shitty, but then he started into the story and I was like, oh yes, give this to me. You're going to build her up and she's going to be Queen Shireen. It was, it was good. It was everything I wanted. She just needs King Rickon. Yeah. Rule the North. Power couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much better than You Know Nothing Jon Snow, which gave me a icky feeling. I think that gave a lot of people an icky feeling. Particularly Jon Snow. <laughs> He's we'll like, get, what just happened? We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so we had some sad, notable goodbyes and some notable intros. Um, so R.I.P. Barristan. Oh, God. All right. So I'm going to give the eulogy again. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so I think that Barristan has been woefully underused in the show and i think you guys agree with me there yeah Yeah, i agree um because they they did the whole like him telling i love that he told the story about rhaegar singing uh (laughs) that was like a that was just like a great kind of character building connection story and i he should have done more of that well it's sad that it's like it's like The Walking Dead, you know? Somebody's getting lines, and they're getting to, like, have a moment. You know they're gonna die in, like, the next scene. It's really upsetting. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, especially rereading all those chapters where, you know, Barristan is always there and always, like, you know, his presence is very felt. I feel like they just, he just didn't get to do anything. Like, he, in the show, at least, I can understand why they got rid of him. Because he wasn't doing anything. It, yeah. It's just sad that we don't get all the awesome stuff from the books, but... That's true. I mean, I know that they've talked a little bit about how he used to be this, like, you know, amazing knight. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it, it really needs... This is what flashbacks would be good for, like, if we're going to actually do them. Ah. Instead of a shitty flashback of Cersei in the woods without a conclusion... Exactly. We could have had Barristan the Bold, you know? That would have been amazing. Scaling a fucking wall with his bare hands. Yeah, or being 12 years old, yeah. Yeah, or have a scene of him being a badass. Like, I thought his death scene was so freaking lame. I'm like, I wanted him to go out like Boromir, like a fucking boss that he is. I mean, you're going to make him go out, like, go out in style, dragon or bust. Right? <laughs> exactly. Like, and I understand, like, so I know we should bring this up because this is something that Megan has been putting on Tumblr today. So, you know, one of the biggest complaints about the death of Barristan is that he was killed too easily and i mean he had like a little like a flash of like badassery before they started stabbing him um but i i agree he's not trained to fight you know gorillas in an alleyway you know he's he's he, he didn't have his plate on but at the same time he is supposed to be this like super badass fighter and it would have been nice if they were going to kill him if they let him go out with a little bit more style yeah would have been nice for him to have a moment. Yeah. Instead, they kind of like double down on that like bleak existential everybody dies. Doesn't matter how good you are kind of, you know, show yeah. Game of Thrones thing. I mean, Grey Worm got to get back up after he got stabbed. Why did why did Barristan have to like, you know, be held and about to get his throat slashed? I know. I and then know, he got man. saved by Grey Worm. So we're... But- Speaking Couldn't of- he have saved Grey Worm and died in the process? Wouldn't that have been better? That would, Then he would have died for a reason, right? Exactly. Because in the show, all right, so in the book, you know, he's he's off, he's got his own knights. He's he's sort of like the liaison between 
Oh, God, help me, Jenny. The Shave, Pate, and Resnack. Skahaz and Resnack. Yeah, Skahaz and Resnack. So he's kind of like the barrier between the two. And he has he has his knights and that he's training, right? Mm-hmm. And he has and he also kind of commands the new city watch that I guess I'm I'm assuming will be created in the upcoming episodes. But led and, by Dario cuz uh, yes, else but, is there. Yeah, prob- probably by Dario because there's no one else there. And when Danny leaves for her little what I was calling her walkabout, uh, <laughs> he's there kind of stalwartly holding the throne refusing to let um his dar have any power and you know saying like the queen will be back we're gonna wait for the queen and we're gonna uphold her decisions so now that i if she goes on a walkabout she might not who's gonna do that right and i think he's definitely gonna die in the books but i feel like he was gonna die honorably he was gonna die serving the queen and i feel like in this instance he kind of died because he was helping people he was he was upholding his own i think tenants as a knight because he hears people who that need help so he goes to save mm-hmm. them but yeah i feel like it would have been better if he had died for a reason gallantly at least or at least gotten his single combat fight against the pit fighter guy that was pretty cool oh yeah right oh, crash like, we're trying to save danny i just feel like you know you even compare it to like all these other great deaths on game of thrones of important characters it's not memorable they could have yeah. at least in the slightest him. it's so like meh they could have at least had him save Grey Worm. That they could have done. Well, I don't think Grey Worm's dead. No, I don't think so either. I'm just saying they could have had him go out saving Grey Worm. Yeah. Rather than Grey Worm saving him and he's still dying. Because until the end, he was a queen's man, right? He he right. served her. Oh, I don't understand how any of this is going to work with Danny. She has nothing. She doesn't have half of the army that she was supposed to have. She doesn't have her. She doesn't have the guy who runs the ships for her. She doesn't. She doesn't have any like any of the cell swords except for Dario. She doesn't have Brown Ben Plum, who is you know that's like a big betrayal for her. Like I just, what's happening? <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. She's just going to be alone with Dario, and his dar is going to be like, "Marry me, marry me, marry me. I can make the harpy go away. Marry me." And she's just going to be like, "Okay." And there's not sure. going to be any of the overwhelming pressure, rock in a hard place situation that she feels herself in. I really would love to th- for them to introduce the Green Grace. I think having Galaza Galara there would be like a nice, you know, someone forcing her to do something and telling her, you know, all the reasons she has to rather than just be like, all right, sure. Yeah, it would be nice to have a woman who's not like washing her feet. That too. <laughs> In her storyline. Yeah, totally. <laughs> They're all like servants of her. Plus it'd be another religion. I think that'd be interesting too. Yeah, true. Because there's all that. And um, they did... They did mention the graces at one point. Right, and also the graces are the ones that are actually caring for... I don't know if they're going to do this either. This is stupid. (laughs) They're actually caring for all the people with the flux, right? And like they're the reason it gets into the city? Or is that just because Danny was dumb? I'm not sure. Okay. Because I know Danny does go out amongst the the people who have have the pale mare and like cares for them and then walks back into the city like i'm fine (laughs) but she brought it with her she's the outbreak monkey (laughs) she is the outbreak monkey true no she is definitely i don't know yeah so 
you know, I understand looking at the show as it is without the books, without the knowledge there that, yes, Barristan had become a superfluous character. But it's really sad that that's what they did to that character. So, you know. Yes. All right. So moving on, we also had the introduction of the Faith Militant, everybody's favorite group (sighs) of uh, cultists and with their scary tattoos and or not tattoos scars on oh their my God. foreheads that was the best tweet so uh kenny does the tweet roundups on watchers on the wall and somebody <clears throat> somebody um said like they were like uh um lancel's gone full bullseye <laughs> <laughs> like he was so it was the best i was like i love this this is perfect that's what it reminded me of i couldn't think of it <laughs> Where is Matt Murdock when you need him? <laughs> um, Fucking terrible movie. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my my tweet about the Faith Militant running around and like destroying King's Landing was like, why are they destroying all the ale? Like, do they have clean water to drink? Well, like- this was my complaint in the doc. It was, I put it in a nerd rage. I guess we could talk about it now. Like, they're destroying the entire economy of King's Landing after Cersei just said they owe money to the Iron Bank. Yeah. What's going to be feeding them now? Right? What they will faith, faith oh, will God. feed them. But that's the what's the difference between now? What's the difference between what's happening in King's Landing and what's happening in Marine? Hmm. Cersei sanctioned this. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. All right. Um, we also had the reintroduction of. Liana's statue. Megan wanted me to mention that. And the feather that will always be preserved forever and ever. Yeah, it's touched by King Robert. It's cold there. I feel like the feather would have been okay. I know. I just... Oh. I like that it was still there. I honestly didn't remember that, so I was like, I don't get the feather. Well, it was on the previously on, exactly. in case you forgot. I don't watch that. Um, Alright. And places, we finally had Dorne officially on the map. Of course, it's treated like a city okay. and not the kingdom that it <laughs> Why? is. Why? Why did they do that? Because, okay, my only logical reason for it is that they're not exclusively at Sunspear. Okay. But that's all, that's all I've got. It's bullshit. So they really just wanted to do one animation for Dorne because they're not really going to do that much with Dorne. It's going to be like 20 minutes. So they're like, well, we'll we, won't, we don't want to spend money to like have like three different cities animated for the intro. Well, yeah. Is it Marine? Oh, Marine's a city. Never exactly. Mind. A city. <laughs> all of the all of the stuff over across the Nessos are cities, and this is like an actual kingdom with a castle, like every other castle that gets shown. I mean, Moat Kalen gets its own thing as Moat Kalen, and Sunspear <laughs> doesn't get its own thing. Like, it's not called the Neck. <laughs> Or just the north. (laughs) Yeah, so that was kind of, you know, lame. I was like, yay, Dorne! And I'm like, oh, no, it's just Dorne. (laughs) I mean, I knew that's what was going to happen, but it was a little bit like, oh, okay. Um, Okay, so moving on to our Rhaegar a la mode moments before we get too far into Nerd Rage. Um, We've talked a lot about it already, but Stannis and Shireen was obviously a highlight of the episode pilot of like the entire season for yeah me. really i think that that was an amazing kind of moment for stannis because those people who are watching the show i think are having a hard time connecting to stannis so he's shown that you know he might be hard and he might be unyielding but he is 
morally grounded in a lot of ways. Ghost I would agree with that. Our lobster king. Our lobster well, it's king. important because he, she's he she's his heir, and yeah. establishing that is very very important. Like he says in the Winds of Winter, like if I die taking Winterfell, make sure you place my daughter on the Iron Throne. Right? Mm-hmm. He's very much helping on making sure that happens. So I'm I'm glad they established that on the show. Yeah. Winds um, of Winter. What book is that? <laughs> Oh well, the the sample chapter of who, I, I, don't even I know, know who you're talking about. I don't even know chapter, whose whose chapter it was. Is it Asha's? I think was it Asha or Theon? I don't know. It was one of them. One of it wasn't Stannis. I'd freaking lose my shit if there was a Stannis chapter. <laughs> the one criticism that I had is that in order to really drive home the point that Stannis is, I don't know, a good father, but an honorable father, a devoted father, that they had to make Solis so shitty which is the total opposite of her characterization in the books because in the books Celise is like oh let me introduce you to princess shireen the future queen of westeros you <laughs> yeah, know she's stannis's heir and she's very protective of her daughter always holding on to her daughter so this whole like my daughter is deformed and i i give you like no children it, it's it's a bunch of nonsense yeah it rings very disney villain-esque to me it's like she mm-hmm. can't she's not a hot lady so she has to be evil which is weird because there's enough to not like about Celise to I begin know. with. Her love of her daughter is one of her redeeming qualities, much like Cersei in a lot of ways. So, like, she's just snobby and she's stuck up and she's arrogant and she's very prideful and she also burns her own cousins. <laughs> you know, so the whole, like, the whole character is there's enough things in the books to hate about Celise that I don't think you needed to have this. But I think, like you said, it's to make lift up Stannis in some way, almost like a foil to Solis. Like he's the good parent, like the good dad, you know, you yeah. know, in this situation, mom is bad. Mom is always like the one who's like telling you not to, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. And dad's the one who gives you candy, even though it's not good for you. Yeah. Sort of reminds me of, or, or dolls. that like, give you grace. You know? <laughs> yeah. Solis would never have, Solis would have never bought that doll. She'd be well, like, no, Celise would have bought the doll for her dead babies in the jars before she bought it for Shireen. Oh my god, I'm going to talk about that. All right, moving on to our next (laughs) moment of uh, Rhaegar a la mode moments. Which is Rhaegar. Which is Rhaegar himself singing singing in in Flea Bottom for money. (laughs) To give to other minstrels or... To go get drunk with Barristan. I really want to see that flashback. Where's that flashback? I did too. Barristan and... Rhaegar getting drunk. Just the whole time he was saying the story, I just wanted it to like cut to a flashback into like a like a kind of hazy, like bordered, like just like them singing in in what, the streets what of Leafbottom. Exactly. Was it a new song for Westeros? <laughs> was the Reigns of Castamere? Oh God. <laughs> Was Tyrion singing that this episode? Too? I was trying to figure out what he. Was. I like the person who said he was singing the Meow Mix song. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh god um and i mean just all the Rhaegar mentions in this episode i mean we had that story we had the tourney at harrenhal story with the with the winter roses and um just all the r plus l equals j hints you know yes and then he will never be mentioned again 
Well, because Barristan's dead, and that's one of my favorite parts of Danny's storyline in A Storm of Swords. All the little, you know, stories that Barristan tells her about her brother Rhaegar, and there's such admiration on Danny's part for her brother, like hero worship of him. Right. And I really like this episode. They played up that, and her smiling, and she was like really happy about hearing about her brother. And it's just, it's just a nice like Targaryen family moment. Right. Her- I think you know Barristan's trying to. I mean, you know, the Targaryens don't have the best, you know, um, <laughs> track record. Track record. <laughs> Many of them are are mad, and I think he was trying to maybe convince her and himself, and just kind of give her good examples of how she can be good. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just sweet. He's just he's Sir Grandpa. <laughs> he's Sir Dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Too soon. Speaking of dead people. I liked the scene where John didn't want to sign the paper to ask for help from the Boltons. <laughs> I like that scene too. <laughs> were, now, were those houses like real houses? Yeah, I was like, some I of them were. Anyone. Some of them I've never heard of. I had the subtitles out. I'm like, I don't. I've never heard of these houses in my life. I don't remember which ones I'd heard of, but I know I'd heard of at least one of them. But yeah, some of the others, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Sam was like, these are, you know, John's like, I've never heard of these houses. I'm like, neither have I. <laughs> I've read the books. <laughs> Though I did, yeah, like, I'm like the Rachel, I did like how he was hesitant to ask for help from the Boltons. And now it's gonna, when they refuse him, you know, that would be like kind of legitimizing why he hates them so much beyond the fact that like they killed Rob. Right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's not much of a legitimization of his hatred because, like, no houses in Westeros are providing men to the wall on request. Clearly. It's all just, like, people from prison. <laughs> <laughs> that's been established since the very beginning. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a really weak-ass excuse. But it is nice that he continues to go through the completely useless task of sending people <laughs> ravens to beg for men. He's like... Another one? Oh god! Yeah, Another it's one? like it's junk mail. Really? It's Westerosi junk mail. It's like, oh shit! I got an, you know instead of getting that like you know hundredth city card credit card <laughs> you know thing in the mail, you're just like, oh, I got another request from the Night's Watch. Matt, put it in the junk mail pile. Yep, don't even open it. It's fine. Burn it. Um, the only person who reads his junk mail is Davos. So I my the next the next regular all about them and I put down in my notes um hashtag not all redheads <laughs> well he did sample the wares just a, <laughs> just a little bit my co-workers were so angry they're like man john why didn't he bank her and i'm like do you not understand he said it a million times like he has a vow you know and i think a lot of it was him making excuses you know he does love grit still and he does have a vow but i think it also is the fact that like He's in, he's aware of her being kind of, you know, she's crazy. A shady Bea. Yeah. Yeah, and it's her. it's not it's not unusual. It's not a bad thing that he's not sleeping with her because he, he knows that her motivations aren't because he's a good-looking guy. Like it's because she wants to use him in some way and he doesn't want to be in debt to her and he's mistrustful of her and rightfully so. Though I did love the scene where he's like, "What about Stannis?" <laughs> he's well, so he say- knows that she's banging Stannis. Yeah, he just doesn't want the shadow baby, guys. He's not ready for that responsibility. Is he doesn't know about the shadow babies? I does know. He? I'm sure he doesn't. He doesn't have Brienne running around in the north yet, going. Renly was killed by a shadow with Stannis' face. Uh, Brienne needs to let it go. 
Let it go, Brienne. All right? Forgive and forget. I think it's interesting that Melisandre started out with, like, you know, kind of not a long con, but, you know, her seduction techniques took a little while. Now she's just like, hey, I'm not wearing any underwear. Is she oh ever? Gosh. She's just always got that robe, like, oh, well, look, it's open. All right. Here I am. <laughs> Let's go. Go for it. They're just like gets on the other side of the desk and like between him and the chair i was just like oh god i mean it is a it is a refreshingly honest depiction of of her wielding that kind of influence and i think it's i think it's um interesting that we saw that happen in the same episode where peter was kind of suggesting to uh sansa that she kind of do the same thing and then he kissed her, which was really disgusting. Yeah, I mean, he's the creepster. But I think, I mean, like, you know, Melisandre knows what she's doing and she knows how to do it. As I don't feel like Sansa has had any, like, seduction training. So I think it's really kind of reaching for Peter to be like, yeah. She needs to go to Karth and open up that uh, stupid vault and get Daria out of there to give her some lessons. Right. But yeah, she, she but she has she was observing, you know, Marjorie at court too. Do you know what true. I mean? True. So she has that and it's also kind of ties to her um the Winds of Winter chapter that got released yeah. where, you know, yeah. she is seducing Harry and you know, that's a little jarring for us reading that. But I think, you know, I think she's she's pretty enough and smart enough to like, you know, get Ramsey to her side. I mean, I'd like way. to see the Sansa from the sample chapter. I would be very much in favor of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, very Marjorie-esque. I, I don't think it will work on Ramsay. No. Point. I think it, I think she think it will. <laughs> really? We'll, we'll see. Has Ramsay never had... I just don't... All right, whatever. We're go, we'll get there. Well, because... Okay, so the thing is, Ramsay's never had to, like, fight for anything in some way. Kind of very similar to Harry the heir. You know, he was kind of very dismissive of her and this idea of, like, you know... Hard to want, get. You're hard to get, right? Playing hard to get is going to work on Ramsey. Wait, he's I don't kind of think so, because things. that's what he does. He sends the women into the woods, and he says, play yeah, hard but, to get. But but that's on his terms. Yeah. If she's doing if it on her terms, I don't, I'm not saying it'll work. I'm just saying it's slightly different. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So, well, moving on. Um, my, my Rhaegar Alamode moment was, uh, Jamie stopping the sword with his golden hand because I just thought it was funny. And I liked that he couldn't get it off afterwards. I, the whole time he was fighting, I was like, dude, block with your metal hand. <laughs> Finally listen to you. Hit the dude in the junk with your metal <laughs> hand. Well, now he's going to know that he can use that and when he's fighting. I hope Now he's he... going to be a berserker. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that that was your favorite Jamie moment and that it wasn't. Jamie staring off at the Sapphire Isle with Right, Jamie. we have to mention uh, Jenny that for Lauren. Jenny's not Lauren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Jamie and Brienne, but I'm yeah, no. But for Lauren, her her Tarth feels, we have to mention it. So Jamie did stare off and ask if it was Estermont, which I was amused by. Being me. Fucking turtles. And, um, <laughs> that was a turtle. I think that was just a turtle shout out for George. Yeah, probably. But uh so yes, and the it was actually Tarth, and it was not shining with sapphires. Sapphire. Sapphires. Sapphires. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, that was that was Lauren's regard all about moment. So what did we think about the introduction of the sand snakes? Because we have waited four whole episodes for this. Meh. 
I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Jenny. I don't like how Tyene is like, she's like, she's the daughter of Obara, not Obara. That Obar, doesn't make any Oberyn and, and Ilaria. And she's like, wh- way whiter than that. <laughs> I just don't like that she runs up and like hugs her and goes, Mama. Mama. I'm like, what? When she said that, I was like, wait, what? How many, first off, how old is Ilaria? How many kids does she have? Like, she's got like a 25 year old daughter and then she's got the other nine? Like, what? Four. The other four? four. There's nine total. No, there's there's eight. There's eight. So she's had five children with Oberyn. In assuming that she still is the mother of the other four, yes. I just I don't. Okay. I, I think it's it weird. Make, I think it's weird sense. that if there are still the same number and the same, which there are, because they said eight in the show, and. We know that the fifth one is Elia. So, I mean, Sorella's got to be in there somewhere. And I think it's weird that, like, he was with Ilaria and then went and slept with someone else and then came back to Ilaria. <laughs> it's just a little bit weird. I mean, I'm not saying they don't have an open relationship and that that's not totally plausible, but it just seems a little bit bizarre. It is. I think that they did it because they have changed her to to to, to, to from being the sort of mother of young daughters who wants to keep them safe who doesn't want there to be a war, who wants to see her daughters grow up, maybe did not have to be warriors. Um, they've changed her completely from that. So yes. they, need, they need her. They need to connect her to that kind of martial. But it is, is kind of hard to see. I don't know. It's just, it was difficult. I think me. it's weird that like Tyene is supposed to be, I mean, because they're all like, you know, warrior woman, whatever, with our weapons and stuff, but she's still running around calling her mama and like hugging I don't her. know. I mean, I like the complexity that you can kind of be like, happy fun like hey mommy and then you can also slit somebody's throat i'm okay with yeah. that i don't think tyene is the warrior i didn't get the impression that she was well i mean she's got like the double knives and stuff i just know like the weapons that they've listed for them but yeah i guess we'll uh, see but I, mean, I guess i'm just confused i don't know how how old is she like i'm did, guessing like 16 or 15 years old so did alaria have her when she was 16 or 15 <laughs> years old Maybe. That would that wouldn't be unusual for no. for this world, I guess not. Um, I did like how they're they're sort of setting up this race for to Marcella storyline. Like the mm-hmm. Sand Snakes are like we have to get to her before Jamie gets to her. So that'll be fun to see like which group gets to to Marcella first. I think they, they found. Up. I think they found that. I guess there was another portal in the sea, but I think they found <laughs> that captain kind of fast. Yeah. Like, I Ron mean, and him were still wandering around on the beach with their boat, and they'd found the guy already. Yeah. Um, I mean, I put in the Rhaegar All About section that uh, we got Obara's story about Oberyn and the spear and having to choose between her mother and the spear. And I mean, I like that they included that story. I think it was a little bit awkward, but, like, forced in there. But I like that they told it. I like that it's from the books. And Littlefinger didn't tell the story. So. And Littlefinger didn't. Tell the story. <laughs> he didn't pop up out of nowhere. And the right character told the story. <laughs> wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it have been great if like, Nymeria like you know, cracked the whip and like the bucket came off and it was Littlefinger's head there and he was like, "Let me tell you the story about." <laughs> I can't think killed them a pigment. And uh, then, well, then then Obara throws the spear in his face and you know. Yeah. Goodbye, Littlefinger. Goodbye, Littlefinger. I think <laughs> Littlefinger's on the way out soon. We'll see. Um, the uh, I I have to say I did not notice nipples, and I am very <laughs> disappointed that we didn't get the nipples on the breastplate swipe that we predicted. <laughs> 
It could still come. Yeah. Do you think it was CGI'd off? I, Maybe. No, I think it was just the lighting. I think you couldn't see it. Wait till the close-up. Yeah. Um. Any so, other, any other Rhaegar? Well, Megan put in the uh, Tyrion and Jorah scene and how Tyrion can is good at reading people that are his equals, even if you know he had trouble reading Braun and Shay back with that game. But he can read Jorah and figure out who he is and push all the right buttons to piss him off and you know get whacked in the face. <laughs> Wearing the same fucking shirt for like. <laughs> Five seasons. Honestly, he should have smelled Jorah coming. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He should have just been like, the man in the yellow shirt, I know just who you are. I do like it. It was like an exposition scene, like of a previously on via Tyrion <laughs> Lannister. It's like, oh, remember in season one when you kind of sold out Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> to Varys? But it works because it's, it's, it's Tyrion saying it, so you don't notice it as much. I'm like, he's just repeating everything that's happened yep. in the past five seasons condensed into like two minutes i mean it did have shades of like in the book how he figures out who um fagon and john con are yeah observation does, does this yeah. make up for it no Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> i will mourn the loss of my john con and play with my pop toy i did like he got smacked in the face i'm like you know because he does talk a lot well they can just put that gif with the uh all the Tyrion slapping Joffrey gifts. How's it feel? <laughs> Let's move on to Nerd Rage. Yay. So we did cover a few things, so that's good. We can get that out of the way. Yeah. I guess that brings us to Loras. Oh, my God. Tell us how you feel. It's just a continuation of everything. I mean, I still hate how they're portraying his character. I still hate that they made him a joke. We, we finally had our confirmation that they did, in fact, arrest him for being gay, and it's ridiculous uh i just i guess not that i not that i uh, this is going to be a complicated thing for me to articulate because i haven't super thought about this until just now but not it's not that i am against pop culture and shows like this uh trying to integrate topical ideas and um kind of take them to an absurd conclusion that you know for people to watch and be like, yeah, you know, like it's wrong to persecute people for, you know, being gay. Um, I don't think that it's being done in a way that seems natural at all. In I don't this. know that that's what they're doing. It feels like they're trying to wedge in. Remember, remember a long time ago when I said, oh, we're going to be talking about like Ebola yes. because of like... <laughs> But it felt like Ebola's too old, right? So now what other what other topical thing can we talk about when we are moving into a new presidential like cycle, right? It's like, oh, let's talk about like, you know Gay rights. Gay rights, right? Because we can't talk about race because they fucked that up already with Danny. <laughs> so so let's talk about gay rights. And I just I feel like it's a little ham handed. I don't know, Jess, you were a little bit more articulate in our notes taking. I I just think it's totally uninspired. I think that's that's basically it. It's lazy writing. I don't like that it's topical at all. And they've never set up at all the fact that Loras being gay was ever a problem. And I, like Jenny's saying, you're saying he's a character. He's not a character. He's a caricature yeah. of what a, a, a gay man is supposed to be. Like they stripped Loras away of all his wonderful book characterization. He's one of the greatest freaking knights right? in like the kingdom. arrest him, he would kill them all. 
Yeah, he is, and you're defining him by his sexual orientation, and this is a problem I have. It's not just Game of Thrones. There's a lot of TV shows and films that just define um, people who happen to have the sexual orientation of being a homosexual by just that, their sexual orientation, and I think... I don't like it for the fact that they're just like, it just does the character like no justice. And I'm not even getting into the fact that like Tommen was unable to like oh, release God. Loris. We don't even, even talk about that. That's more nerd rage later. But yeah, it's just lazy writing. It's uninspired. I think they could have gone about it in a much more, I don't know, clever way. Or, you know, they're not, they're, they do some great stuff on the show. So to like go back to, I don't know, I just feel like it's just like lazy and completely uninspired as 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 writing for them yeah. and, and i think part of the problem is that they and also why should we care that loris is is being you know in prison they never set him up as anybody that's any is really compelling he's a joke exactly you know My, it doesn't do anything to add to cersei's like digging her own grave like what does having loris arrested so this that- is my concern that like the this is all. I mean, I don't know that it's going to replace her war with Marjorie or accusing Marjorie of stuff. But like, I a don't know who they're accusing Mar with accuse Marjorie of being with. Like, she's already not supposed to be a virgin at this point because they had that whole Tommen thing, so they can't go right. with that. So it'd have to be that she was cheating on Tommen. But that's why it should have been incest with her. Well, brother. right, and I feel like that would have made sense, but I don't think they can do that now. And I just, well, they, I mean, they could, they... but. They could have a situation, it's a terrible thing they may do. They may have, like, forced confession out of Loris that you were sleeping with your sister. I just don't, I mean, other than, I mean, let's think about the male characters that they have in King's Landing right now that could possibly be sleeping with Marjorie. We have Loris, we have Oliver the Whore. But it could have, they could have paid Oliver to do it, the same that they forced Shay to do it. Right, I mean, maybe they will, I don't know. I just, I'm concerned that the arresting of Loris and the accusing of Loris is going to somehow replace accusing Marjorie because that will like you know potentially bring Elena in or like you know we're talking about isolating Marjorie and getting rid of all her allies but I just I don't want that to be the case and I'm like scared that it's going to I just don't like to me in the books it was always like Cersei got her got herself arrested along with Marjorie. Exactly. And then, and then well, Marjorie gets... got her ass out because Marjorie's the queen and and then Cersei's languishing. So how so Cersei's just gonna get her ass arrested? Like I don't I think it's this incest thing. I think it's gonna be like Loris is gonna be accused of also being gay, but also having sex with his sister, even though it's not true, and then that's gonna backfire on Cersei. I mean, they were calling Tom and a bastard in the streets. I don't yeah. think they were just I mean, saying I would... that. I'd be fine with that. That'd be... That would at least make sense. Yeah. In show terms and without, like, all of the extra people, like, the Kettle Blacks. Speaking of, like... the Well, I'm not done. I'm not done. So, one of the... One of the... So... So, Loris is... Loris is arrested for being gay by the Faith Militant, who ostensibly Cersei has armed herself. She said, hey, you know what? I'd like to bring the faith, I'd like to create the faith militant, and I'd like to give you power and weapons, and I'd like you to roam the city and fuck shit up. That makes zero sense to me. Like, Cersei's not that stupid. Like, they are, I think that they're they're making her, like, stupid. Willfully stupid. 
Yeah, and that's what I wrote in the show notes. It's, yeah, to the point where it stretches believability that Cersei would be this incompetent. Yes, she makes mistakes sometimes that are in her self-interest, but not to the point of undermining her power and her authority, like sending her son to meet with the High Sparrow only to make him look like a fool in front of him is basically undermining your reign and your role as Queen Regent. Like, it it doesn't make sense to me from like a, the standpoint of you know Cersei, she's not that dumb. Like it's it stretches yeah. believability that she would be this stupid. And then also with them letting them run around King's Landing, destroying brothels and basically destroying the entire economy after she just had a conversation about how much money they owe the Iron Bank. You would figure like, oh my gosh, those that's where's our tax money gonna go? They're destroying merchants like products, and you just. I don't know. It just that's like bad writing on my part. It has yeah. nothing to do with like book accuracy or the character is different from the novels. It's, it's just bad writing from a a show standpoint that this character would act in such a way that she would undermine her own authority. Um, and, you know, she's been around people like her brother and, and her father. Like she's not that dumb. All out of petty revenge against Marjorie Tyrell. Marjorie's just she's just a kid. Do you know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, she's really a nobody. And you're going to, like, destroy your son's position. And you're going to destroy your city. self-destruct just to get her. Yeah. It just seems, like, really, really petty. And and it, But maybe that's why that whole flashback in the beginning of the season. But it still, it stretches believability, for me at least, as a person watching it. And seeing what Cersei's done in the past. She has been more conniving. And she has been more clever in the past. So this just seems like... I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're not going to be watching a house of cards fall on Cersei. You're just sitting there gleefully being like, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. And that's just not, I don't think that's fair to her. And I don't think it's fair to Lena. Because Lena's trying really hard this season. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just disappointing. I didn't like it. So anyway, now we can move on from that. Well, I was going to say my stupid little nerd rage that I've always had is, how are there still five people on the Kingsguard? Because they haven't put Loras on the King's Guard yet. No, but like, so if assuming that the that Marin Trant has already left with Mace, yeah, and assuming that there was actually one that went with Marcella and didn't come back, and Jamie's gone, like there shouldn't be five of them. Oh it right, bothers they were me. All just standing there with him. I don't. Yeah, apparently it's just like a uniform. It's not a. It's not a thing. I don't know. They've never really made a big deal about it being seven. So. I just, I don't know. It's something that bugs me. Anyway, moving on. Um, well, do we, I don't know, what do we want to talk about? We have, what's happening with Sansa? Do we have more to say on that? I'm just, I don't, I'm not, I don't trust this. I'm very nervous. Just for my own, like, eyeballs. I really don't want to watch Sansa get fucked up by Ramsay. I don't think she is going to be. I hope not. Well, I, I talked about it last week on, on, on the podcast about how she may have a Reyna Blackhill role. Oh, okay. You know how, like, she, yeah. Reyna, Reyna is a character in, in Sword of Shadows. This is wonderful um, fantasy series by J.V. Jones. And one of the characters uh, basically is in kind of like a similar situation as Sansa where she's surrounded by enemies who control her castle and she basically uses all the people who work in the castle to undermine their authority. And I would like them to do something like that where she's using her you know, her, her, her resources and she's not, like, a victim. Like, as long as she's not a victim, I really don't care where they go with her storyline. Yeah. Mm. It's basically my thing for her. Yeah, I think sending her to Ramsay is more interesting than sitting her in the veil. 
at least especially for the show. But yeah, yeah I'm just, I really don't want to watch her get Jane pulled. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's depressing. Just, it's terrifying and like having a sex with dogs and like, I just don't, I don't. I don't think they're going to go there. I, I don't think so either. I think that's too far for this show. With that character, especially. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's just, it's a very, this is like one of those like, hard episodes to watch as a book fan because this is when they have taken a very like distinct turn away from the books and they're doing their own things and they're doing it for their own motivations and you there are characters like Cersei you know that you expect to be a certain way and they're just not that way anymore so it is it's difficult to watch and it's one of the reasons that I gave it assignment. Um, speaking of characters that are not like they are, back to the sand stakes of Ilaria for <laughs> oh, a second. Oh, no, okay. Um, but is anyone, do you think that someone's going to have the whole idea of crowning Marcella? Do you think that's going to be a thing at all? Is that going to be like Doran's new plan to say that he's actually doing something? Because obviously Quentin doesn't exist. I think that they're going, it while, while Jamie attempts to rescue her, she's going to be killed. Well, yeah, I think she's going to be killed, too, but, like, is... I just wonder if they're going to do anything with that at all. I mean, I just don't know what Doran's doing. Well, they went through all this, like, effort to cast the kid that's playing Tristan, right? So maybe right. maybe if Marcella is killed... She goes like, to Danny. Yeah, they'll be, like, we're shipping you to, to Marine. Like, So you think Tristan's going to play the role of Arian, and he's going to say, I had be- I had betrothed you to, like, a Targaryen princess? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see where they go with it, because I just, I don't know, and I'm, I don't know. I mean, if they have the Sand Stakes and Ilaria doing the whole Dark Star thing, then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, like, Whose plan is it to crown Marcella and will they do that at all? I'm just curious to see if that's going to happen. Darkstar. I mean, like, uh, I mean, Jamie's basically playing Eris Oakheart without the sleeping with anybody part. Right. I mean, But maybe... hopefully he won't end with an axe in his face. <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to cry. This is going to, to me, it's weird because they're either going to have to really hurry up with this yeah. storyline or shit's, there's just, shit's just not going to happen. I just wonder... I mean, they've got six episodes left. I'm just, I don't know, I don't know where they're going to go with it. Like, how is it going to amount to something that is relevant to the show continuing on? Somebody's just going to die. A Lannister's going to die. Please don't say that. Lauren will, like, not get out of bed for, like, three weeks if that happens, you know? That, right? Listen, I'm super paranoid. Stannis is a goner. I mean, after that scene with Shireen, I'm like, now they, pe- they got people to like him, now he's gonna die. <laughs> it's, like, my biggest fear for the show. I'll, I will cry. Hey, you know what? At least your favorite character didn't just suddenly disappear from the show. <laughs> I was gonna say, Rachel doesn't have fears of characters dying because they just don't exist. <laughs> Actually, she would like a character to die. She would like Balon Greyjoy to die so that she can have Queen's mood. <laughs> And like, where is Asha? Nobody knows. I guess she's dead. I don't know. <laughs> she ran away from the dogs. I can't. We're not getting into that. <laughs> so sad. So, um, what are I we... just want to... I was going to end the Nerd Rage section by saying that with all of that rowing going on, why did we not see Gendry? <laughs> right? That's all I could think of. He could have just been passing in the night. Or... Exactly. I mean, it didn't even have to be him. Just somebody that sort of looked like him in the distance 
rowing was, a tiny boat. Was that boat Gendry's boat? Which boat? There were Jorah's lots of boats. Boat. No, Jorah's. that was no? too big. It was too Gendry's big? boat was teeny tiny. It didn't have a sail? No, it was a little rowboat. It's been so long, I don't remember. He's still rowing, remember? He's not sailing. He's had time to upgrade his boat. <laughs> he, he hijacked a, a sailboat in the middle of the, the narrow sea. Yep. Go Gendry. <laughs> so what all right, so what what's gonna happen now? Well, we have our adaptation things is an adaptation and what has been left out or changed and we put down that Melisandre is going to Winterfell and who will save John? <laughs> Shireen, obviously. <laughs> With Grayscale? Or Ollie. Oh. No, Ollie's going to kill John. <laughs> no, I do find that interesting that Mel is deciding to go with Stannis. And I do like how the show works around it. They're like, last time you didn't take <laughs> me. Look what happened on the Black Order. So you need me, Stannis. Though I did like the scene. Like, I'm kind of backtracking here where he's like, I need you. And then she's like, oh, sweetie, <laughs> you have faith. <laughs> No, like, so I am happy that she's going down down to Winterfell with um to with, fuck with Sansa, yeah, yeah. If for nothing else, to like get her away from from John and like awkward boob grabbing. <laughs> not all um, redheads. Not all redheads. I do. Uh, there's there's still Brian at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And Torment. Hey, those nights get long. I and... still I still want the Torment John romance. <laughs> oh yeah, he's no, replacing so, Val. Wait, who who's Val? I've never. Heard no, of I was him. I was saying. Well, I said a long time ago that that Tormund was. Well, Megan said that Tormund was going to take over Val's role, and I was like, does that mean he's going to propose to Jon Snow? <laughs> so the speculation that Megan wrote in the show notes is that if Mel is in Winterfell, who is going to revive Jon? I wrote that. Oh, you were pink. No, I was green. Oh, oh, you wrote that down too. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I wonder who is who is going to. I is it going to be Bran? Who? Is, that, is that how season is that how season six is gonna start? Like Bran yeah, Stark reviving Jon Snow? I, you guys, I told you what's gonna happen. He's gonna die. He's gonna warg into Ghost. Ghost is just gonna run away. Segway. So our fits in the full podcast. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, had to, had to do it. Had to do it. No, we're kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Come back. Um, yeah, I don't know. That it's gonna be interesting because he's gonna be at Hard Home, which is even farther away. Where's Hard yeah, Home? I, yeah. It's in what is it? Is it east, is by East? No, it's not East by East Watch, isn't it? Is it yeah, it is. Watch? Yeah, it is. So it's on the eastern part away. of Westeros. It's, a, it's you know he's fucked. Where is Davos going south too? I don't know what's happening with Davos. He has I hope to he stays go at the wall. And eat some sister stew and find out about. Rickon. Okay, okay. So Davos and Davos is an emissary to Winterfell before Stannis. He gets to Winterfell at the same time as the Freys come to enjoy the new <laughs> wedding. No, come, uh, go. I'm going with it. Keep okay, going. you're with me. Okay, right. And then Frey pie. Davos is making the Frey pie, or you know he, or he, enjoying the Frey pie, or he's passing the Frey pie to the left because he's not going to eat that. I just. If there is not a giant fucking pie at that wedding feast, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. I don't care if it's actually fray pie. I just need a giant pie. It's a giant meat pie that is, like, bloody. I need it to be there. 
I just, I mean, it would be, it would be a very strange turn of like character change for Sansa to suddenly be like, we're gonna eat some fucking. I'm not saying that it's going to actually happen because it's not. I just want there to be a giant pie there, just like as a nod. I mean, they didn't give me any of my other nods. You know, we didn't get Ed setting down the fucking block, but I just want pie. I just want pie. Right? The pie cast needs to exist. I want to imagine <laughs> that there are phrase in a pie. Give that to me, D&D, please. D, D, N, D. D, D, and B. And B. We will forgive you all transgressions <laughs> if you just give us the fucking fray pie. Come on, you told the rat cook story. You or I or I could even have like just Sansa going, I'll just have another slice of that pie. Or, or like, I just or want like pie. the people of Winterfell are serving the pie and she goes to get a piece and they're like, No, my lady, you don't want that pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, but I do. <laughs> and I'll take seconds. <laughs> There's so many ways that they could do it. Oh, I'm so upset yeah. already. Anyway. Anyway. What else is going to happen? Littlefinger's going to King's Landing to check out his fucked up brothel. Yeah. Oh my god, he's gonna be so angry. <laughs> he's, I leave for fucking one day he's because get it, it was one day he took him to get from O'Kalen to Winterfell or... <laughs> I'm sorry, the veil. The veil of O'Kalen They're gonna be like, you are being charged with owning a brothel in King's Landing. Oh, maybe that's who they're going to say that Cersei and Marjorie slept with. Oh god. <laughs> You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to Littlefinger getting arrested. Peter Kettleblack. <laughs> Peter Kettleblack. Speaking of, Marin Trant's going to get murdered. Totally. Totes. Well, good, because he's a fucking asshole. On his way out, he his call sheet was small. <clears throat> Do you, Okay, so, question. In, we already basically got the mercy scene when yeah. she killed Polliver. In, uh, in, what was that, season four? Um, do we think she's going to repeat some lines from the serial death scene when she kills Marin Trant? I don't know. I don't, re- I don't really know. Or like, Cause... what do we say to the god of death today and then she stabs him? Maybe. I, I don't, I don't really know. Or she'll ask him where Queen's Thursday is. I don't know. <laughs> Where are the other people on my list? Where are the four people left on my list? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how they kind of condense that because I don't think that they're going to do Cat of the Canals. But then again, they might because she has that interesting new outfit. Yeah. Little head bobs. I think she's... I think they will sort of, maybe. Because they kind of have... She has... I think maybe she'll be out doing that. You know, because she was out doing the play... So she could be out doing that and she could see them and that's how she could do it. Yeah. That's, that's probably true. what they'll do. Or um, or she'll kill Mace with a poisoned coin. All right, they have to do that too. They might not. That's I that might they might think that's Wait, I don't understand why they would even be in Bravos though. They're going to where exactly? Oh, they're going to the Oh, they're going to Bravos. I was getting confused. I'm like I thought they were going to Dorne. I'm like that makes no sense. <laughs> They're, yeah, going, they're all going to the Iron Bank, so she's. It'd be interesting if they took out Mace too. Not now, Mace. <laughs> um. So Aemon's gonna die soon. Oh, yeah, I'm Aemon. assuming that. So does that mean that Sam is just never gonna leave the Wall? Probably not. 
All which right. you know just ruins a lot of things about i mean i guess if they theories. send him to old town there's just gonna be like more shit that they have to do i mean he's not gonna go to old town like that's not happening they mentioned old town they did they did mention old town did they i forget did they mention marwin the mage when uh mary Mossor was introduced i can't remember they may me. have or maybe she mentioned him in the books. Like, well, I know I she remember. mentioned him in the books. I'm wondering if she mentioned him in the I show. I don't think they mentioned him in the show. Probably no. not. I would remember that. <laughs> he's one of my favorites. He's still not, he still hasn't found Danny. <laughs> well, like... he doesn't have the same portal access that Littlefinger does. Oh my God. So it's going to take. George needs to write faster or at least get one of those teleporting machines so he can get to Danny. Because now she doesn't have Barristan. She doesn't have Barristan anymore, so she's going to need somebody with intimate knowledge of, like, the Targaryens and just dragons and, well, that's what Tyrion's for. Yeah, (laughs) Tyrion's on his way to her. So Barristan had to die for Tyrion to um, see dragons. For Tyrion to ascend as a head of the dragon. Gross. Which is not a prophecy that we have. Um, Yeah, that's it, guys. I don't know. What else? Anything else? Um, Upcoming events. So I mentioned if if Stannis and Melisandre are going uh, south, does that mean Selyse stays at the Wall and does her politicking and marriage arrangements like she does in the books? Who's gonna get married? There's lots of free folk. Tormund, Tormund. and John. <laughs> yeah, John. She could try to well, she try to arrange a marriage. So for if him Tormund or, and John get the faith militant, I was gonna say, if <laughs> Tormund and John get married, do the faith militant like? March up the King's Road to Moat Kaelin, get they to Winterfell, and then get... So... Oh, they're already in black. It's totally gonna work. <laughs> They'll be a little cold, though. Listen, Salisa's very... Uh, she's a very open person. You know, she lets Melisandre sleep with her husband. I think she is, you know, progressive in that way. Now, what happens when the Faith Militant get to the wall? Does, like, Melisandre... That's what brings Melisandre back. She's like, oh... The Faith Militant are at the wall. I gotta go back and combat them and teach them about the one true God. Oh, look, John got stabbed. I gotta save him. She'll be like, oh, look, walking kindling. (laughs) Or maybe she's just gonna be a hologram like Littlefinger. She's gonna be everywhere. She's gonna be in King's Landing. They don't even need to go to the wall. They could just be in King's Landing. This is great. All those... Oh, I just... And you know, what the best part about it is, is nobody's up... I mean, I think Davos is talking about it, and John is talking about it, but they're not talking about it out loud, but the fact that on the other side of that wall are, like, a zillion zombies. <laughs> well, they did They did mention it in the last... In the uh, next on, John is like, winter is coming once again. Yeah. So, so he that is going to play a part. They still haven't let all the wildlings through the wall, though, right? Yeah, I feel like they've kind of left that that plot thread hanging for a few episodes. You kind of had Tormund and Mance in the first episode, and it was it's kind of like they've been focusing so much on the Winterfell storyline. It'd be nice to go back to the the Free Folk uh, Night's Watch storyline. Well, Megan mentioned that John and Tormund were going to have a chat in the next episode, so maybe we will get some of that. I don't think they have to. I mean, that's a big motivation for Jon Snow and what he does in the books is, like, letting the free folk through the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like his storyline out of everybody's <laughs> is probably the most book accurate. Yeah. Which, as a huge Jon Snow fan, makes me very happy, which is probably why I don't have as much rage as you guys do. It's like, well, they're not screwing up Jon's storyline, so <laughs> well, it's all good. Has, all I want is a bunch of, like, weird people in tow cars with stupid names. <laughs> Just like fluttering around, okay. pretending to cry. Wait, wait. I have I have nerd rage to add to this um, 
that we talked about on the train, Rachel, is that the <laughs> Sons of the Harpy were not the ones that wore the masks. It was the Brazen Beasts. Yes, it was the Brazen Beasts. And we're not going to get the Brazen Beasts because the stupid Harpies took the masks already. Oh, I didn't know Bastards. that. So wait, so wait, I, I'm, you know, so the Brazen Beasts and the Sons of the Harpy are two separate factions in Marine fighting Danny. Yes, yeah, so... No, the Brazen okay. Beasts are fighting for Danny. Yeah, so after, after, um... At the hour of the wolf. Yeah, so the Sons of the Harpy are, like, killing people, right? And Barristan and the Shave Pate decide that they need, she needs more men because the Unsullied can't do everything. So they conscript um, people from the Shave Pates, what are the, the sh- other Shave Pates, like his, yeah, his, I... his weird little faith militant people. Right. <laughs> and then, like, the rest, and then, like, loyal, loyal to Danny Sons of Marine. And because you can't, because if the harpies knew who they were, they would be killed. They wear masks. That are so. Wasn't that the guy that she chopped his head off? So he would have been a a brazen beast. Yeah, Mosador. Mosador. What's his name? Was the guy's name? Mosador. Mosador. Yeah. So he was probably part of that faction. Well, if that existed in the show, which yeah. it doesn't. Well, I'm assuming if it did, he he would be like probably all yeah. about that. Yeah. Because uh... she's got yeah, she has all these like. You know, there's a lot of different politics going on in Marine, but she has all these advisors and they're all kind of dragging her one way or the other about what they think is the best traditional way to deal with all this unrest in Marine and she doesn't want to do any of it. So I don't know. It's but yeah, I'm like super I want Barristan in the in the you know, in the in the pyramid in the middle of the night being like, What time is it? <laughs> I think it's back. because it's be I think it's because Tyrion's gonna be there that he's kind of like just gonna take on the role that Barristan would have which is unfortunate it would have been nice to have like Tyrion and Barristan scenes too and yeah. Jorah scenes you know all together uh, yeah. well on that note let's let's uh, toast to our Lord Commander Jon Snow and to Barristan fucking sell me alright to Lord Commander Jon Snow and to Barristan Badass motherfucking zombie. Yes. <laughs> to John and Barristan. To John and Barry. To John and Barristan. <laughs> to Barry. Bye, everybody. <laughs> to Barry. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his skin. And so good to eat yes now the pie crusts cover his kin revenge it tastes so sweet my one criticism of this is the fact that in order to really drive home how much Stannis loves Shireen and and, and is a good father. I'm just gonna wait till you're done. Okay. Well, you don't <laughs> just cut out my part of it. Well, I'm. I, I just feel like that's. Gonna be my <laughs> 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 child is unclean. <laughs> God, I should put on my Val costume and yell at myself. <laughs> Except that I'd die of heat stroke in this Yeah, room. I was going to say, don't do that. <laughs>
find your body later on. All right. 